This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to It's All Political on Fifth and Mission. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer. More than 1,600 people in San Francisco have died from drug overdoses just since the start of 2020. That's an average of more than 11 deaths every week. San Francisco officials have been pushing for years to open supervised consumption sites, places where people can use drugs in an environment under medical supervision, even if those drugs are illegal. The Tenderloin Center, which Mayor London Breed opened in January under an emergency order, has quietly allowed drug use, but it's expected to close at the end of this year. Studies in other countries and across the U.S. have shown that consumption sites save lives without increasing crime in the surrounding areas. But federal law prohibits these sites, and state law doesn't guarantee that medical providers who staff them will be protected from prosecution. That could have changed this week in San Francisco, Oakland, and Los Angeles. The California legislature had passed a bill that would have allowed supervised consumption site pilot programs in the three cities that would have run through January 2028. But this week, Governor Gavin Newsom vetoed that bill. He said it would have induced unintended consequences, and he told his Health and Human Services Secretary and local officials to come up with what he called a truly limited pilot program. State Senator Scott Weiner of San Francisco wrote that bill. He called Newsom's veto tragic. He said every year this legislation is delayed, more people die of drug overdoses. So far this year, 346 people have died of overdoses in San Francisco. Meanwhile, in New York, the only city that's opened safe consumption sites, they've reportedly reversed 400 overdoses this year alone. New York Mayor Eric Adams, a former police officer, wants to expand the program there. Chronicle columnist Heather Knight and photographer Gabrielle Lurie visited New York this spring and came back wondering why San Francisco isn't doing the same thing. You can hear them talking about it with host Cecilia Leigh on the May 2nd episode of Fifth and Mission. But San Francisco officials aren't giving up on supervised consumption sites yet. City Attorney David Chu and Mayor Breed have indicated that they support opening them anyway. So let's talk about why Governor Newsom vetoed that bill that would have paved the way for safe consumption sites and how San Francisco may work around it. Mallory Mensch covers City Hall for the Chronicle, and she joins me now to talk about it. And then we're going to talk about the politics of this as well. Mallory, how are you doing? All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So let's start with the program that Newsom vetoed. What exactly was this pilot program and what would these safe sites have entailed? Well, as you said, it would have allowed organizations to run sites where people could use drugs under the supervision of trained staff in just three places, San Francisco, Oakland, and L.A., where local officials had said, we actually want these programs here. And at the sites, people would get clean supplies, but they would not get any drugs. They would bring their own drugs and staff would be there to monitor them. They could reverse overdoses. They could connect people to treatment if that's what they wanted. And 
the law would also have been very important because it would have shielded medical professionals who work there from being charged criminally under any drug laws or from state boards from revoking their licenses. And they also had some guardrails around a public input process to open the site. They would have had to ensure security and to be a good neighbor. And then they would have had to commission a study to uh, assess the impacts of any site that they opened. Uh, Newsom said that they would have induced unintended consequences. Did he specify what he meant by that? He really did not. And I actually emailed their, the governor's press office after reading the veto letter because I could not really see clearly what those unintended consequences would be. So I specifically asked, can you provide examples and links to studies or evidence that backs this up? And they said, no, we, that is all our response right now. He did mention in regards sort of connected to unintended consequences, this quote, worsening drug consumption challenges in these areas is not a risk we can take. Did he talk about New York at all? No. Mallory, what are the arguments against allowing safe consumption sites? Well, critics do push back that they say this would basically enable people who are using drugs, using illegal drugs, instead of focusing more on getting them to stop using drugs. So getting them into treatment, it's not a requirement to get into treatment. If you go there, it's not a treatment facility. It's a an overdose prevention facility. So they say the focus should be on treatment, but also cracking down on drug dealers, um, addressing those impacts on the ground, on the sidewalk outside, and also reducing supply. So they say that I think they think this is just treating a symptom of the problem instead of the the root cause. And supporters in response say, we yes, we should do all of that, but we should also ensure that we have these sites because people are using drugs and dying using them, so we want to save their lives. Mallory, the city now has what's kind of a de facto safe consumption site, the one that opened under an emergency order. It's, It's called the Tenderloin Center. What's the track record there? Well, they definitely have reversed overdoses there. I just checked the data today and they've reversed 161 overdoses since January. So the argument could be made that if people weren't using there, they might be out on the street or in an alleyway and at least there's staff there who could reverse their overdose if they're going to be using anyways. But the site itself has had a a pretty mixed track record. It opened with the intention to link people to services, so housing and drug treatment and mental health treatment. And the last we wrote about it, they really hadn't connected that many people to treatment out of the thousands of visits that they had gotten. So that hadn't been super successful. And it was expensive. And they're also getting complaints from people around the area about a lot of people who were gathered there, about how it looks for businesses. So some of the same arguments that supervised consumption sites would likely face as well. Now, after Newsom vetoed this bill, Uh, San Francisco City Attorney David Chu issued a statement saying the city is still planning to back a safe consumption site run by a local nonprofit, uh, much like the system in New York. What would that look like here, and how likely is that to actually move forward? Well, that was a pretty significant development because the city attorney really hasn't come out and said that before. They've kind of danced around the issue about whether they would support a site or they always say they're waiting on the state law or waiting to get direction from the federal government. But he said, yes, I would support a nonprofit doing this right now. So in New York, what that looks like is the nonprofit um, does not receive direct city funding to do it. They get donations from a foundation and they also rent a space from a private landlord. So it 
kind of lets the city off the hook in terms of some of the liability. But the, the New York obviously does support that this organization is doing this. So that could happen here. And, and I did hear from a couple nonprofits who are gung-ho about opening this, but they say they need location. And most importantly, they need that funding. They think that the city should step up and fund it, but the city says they support the New York model, which is not direct funding. So if they don't get city funding, they're going to have to go to private donors and philanthropy and see if they would be willing to support something like this. Mallory, you know that Gavin Newsom is not the first California governor to veto a safe consumption side bill. Uh, Former Governor Jerry Brown vetoed a similar measure back in uh, 2018. Uh, About that time, Newsom came out and said he was, you know, intrigued by the idea of safe consumption sites. So were local leaders surprised by his veto? What, What changed for him? You're right that went uh, four years ago, Newsom actually said, quote, he was very, very open to the idea of a pilot program. So, but I think hearing from local leaders, they were, and advocates, they were very disappointed and they were hopeful that he would sign it into law, but they didn't sound too, too surprised, not shocked that he had done this because of some of the politics or or that he's in a different political position than he was four years ago when he made those statements. And on that note, let's take a break and we'll get into the politics at play here when we come back. You're listening to Fifth Admission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm back with Chronicle City Hall reporter Mallory Mensch. And we're talking about Governor Gavin Newsom's veto of a bill to allow safer consumption sites in a pilot program in San Francisco, Oakland, and Los Angeles. Before the break, Mallory, you had a question for me. Well, Joe, as I mentioned, I had heard, and I think you had heard as well, that Newsom might have been scared off signing bill into law because of the perceptions nationally, how it looks if he's a drug enabler, uh, according to Republicans. And that might be because he's gunning to run for president in 2024, although he has denied this. Is that what you think he's doing? And and if so, does that make sense for him to do this? Well, we have to, we also always have to issue the disclaimer that Newsom told the Chronicle that he has, quote, sub-zero interest in running for president. But as we've seen over the last few weeks, he has bumped up his national profile. He's fronting uh, ads in Florida. He's on Truth Social, Trump's uh, social network calling out Republicans. So he's, he's, has this, uh, he's increased his national profile. Um, that said, I mean, yes, that's part of it. But, you know, people are going to, they could make those, uh, commercials featuring open-air drug use in San Francisco right now without him greenlighting this program. All all he might earn out of this is a a new nickname from Fox News, Governor Heroin. But that's about it. So then why do you think he did it? I think that Newsom is playing 
a long political game here. And it's instructive. Uh, and I wrote a column about this in the, on sfchronicle.com that's up there right now, um, to look at what he did when he wanted to legalize, so when he wanted to lead the charge to legalize uh, cannabis uh, in 2016. In 2010, California had a um, uh, another weed legalization measure on the ballot. Gavin Newsom opposed it, said it wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't solid. But three years later, he got together with the ACLU he formed a uh, you know one of those blue ribbon commissions, and I know everybody makes fun of blue ribbon commissions because they're generally politicians form them as a way to stall making a tough decision, which you know this this would have been. But but this blue ribbon commission was actually somewhat legit. I followed them. I even went uh, with Newsom to a cannabis, which was called literally a cannabis fact finding trip to Humboldt County, where we went and we were taken. Uh, to illegal grows, we did. We weren't allowed to know who the what the grower's name was and, and such. But we we went there and, and and knew some talk to people, and and this this group formed a uh, came up with like a ninety three page uh, document, fifty eight policy suggestions, the kind of wonky stuff that Newsom likes, and that formed the basis for the legalization measure that came before voters in twenty sixteen, and passed unlike the one in 2010 that failed. And it was full of this wonky stuff. In that very thin uh, veto message that we were mocking a few minutes ago, Mallory, there is, you know, as you alluded to, there is uh, the, something about where he wants his health secretary to get together with locals and come up with some standards. And that's his equivalent of a, another sort of blue ribbon commission. And the reason he's doing that is to sort of bring moderate voters along. The people who don't know an injection drug user haven't been touched by the fentanyl overdose crisis uh, and the opioid crisis. So that's that's where this is going right now. And he's gonna. That's the way he's gonna try and bring people along. This is this is a losing issue. Um, but you know, when he was out front on gay marriage, there were people lined up around city hall who were who wanted to get married who couldn't. When he was out front on cannabis. Lord knows there's there's millions of cannabis users in California. There's an in, but there's not a there's not a constituency for injection drug users and such. Very interesting. But when you're talking about playing the long game, I think that the argument from advocates and supporters would be, you know, we don't really have time to play the long game because, as mentioned, people are dying every day from this. And if we have any evidence that this might save lives, uh, we need to go for it. Um, how, how do you think Newsom takes that into calculation? And I'm curious if you think he's going to be around for that Blue Ribbon Task Force in a couple of years. Well, yeah, there will be a lot of people dying. And uh, as we said, there's there's people dying every day in the streets in San Francisco and all over the state and all over the country. And, and yeah, a lot of that's going to be on Newsom. You know, we've seen how many, we've talked about how many people have, the overdoses have been reversed. But, you know, there are political considerations here, and 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 some are personal, and some are to bring others on board with this issue. Is he going to be on? Is he going to be around in two years to to see what this blue ribbon commission or whatever it's called uh, it does? Uh, it all depends. If Joe Biden runs for president again, uh, Newsom will 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 you know keep his day job here as governor of California. If Biden doesn't for whatever reason, then uh, uh, game on. He and everybody and your mother are going to, uh, who is a Democrat, are going to be running for president. 
including our vice president, Kamala Harris. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me and letting uh, me grill you as well. Uh, thanks. Thanks for being. I like this. I like this kind of, you know, back and forth. It was good to good to uh, be on the other end of this for a while. Thank you all for listening. We hope that you and your families are safe and healthy. I'd like to thank Mallory for being our guest today. I'd like to thank the King, King Kaufman and Sarah Felberg for producing today's episode. And remember, whether you're running for president or not, it's all political on Fifth and Mission.